All right, so big shout out to everyone who made that video happen and the many, many people who have made all of the work that's gone into this True Story project happen. Um, I can't take credit of any of that other than just to say shout out to those guys. Uh, we are going to have the opportunity to kind of walk through like, what is this? What does this mean? Some of you are stepping into our church service for the first time and going, okay, what is the True Story project? And so here's what you should have right now on your, your seat. If you guys should grab these two papers that you should have received. And if you didn't, just make sure to grab one on your way out. One here is going to be our Bible reading plan. This is a plan that we're going to read together over the whole year. And this will start on September 5th. And so here's what we're having. The whole Bible, the whole church for the whole year, which will begin on September 5th. And so you have your Bible reading plan there. And the other sheet of paper that you have here is actually here. It gives you resources. Resources on books apps that are online, and then right here it says Right Now Media, which everyone here should have received ultimately an email to be a part of Right Now Media. If you haven't, please take the time to take the Connect card that's in the seat in front of you, fill out your name, your email address in a way that we can read it, and just put access to Right Now Media. This is a free opportunity for you to um, have access to thousands of media uh, resources of Christianity, essentially like Netflix of Christianity, and yet you don't have to steal your parents' Netflix code. We're giving you one, all right? And so that's what Right Now Media is. And then if you take that sheet on the back, it says how to use your reading plan. Um, that you can, if you're having a hard time reading your, uh, using your reading plan, here's a, some helpful tips on how to navigate and read your reading plan over the next year, which starts September 5th. Now, when does it start? I had someone after the last service say, when does it start? I'm like, I told you three times in the service. I'm not going to tell you again, all right? And so, so, no, we'll keep telling you. Now, with, with that, there's a few things that we have here to engage you. For two, it's a true story table. Immediately following the service, behind the sound booth, those curtains will open, and there will be men and women there who would love to answer any questions you have. There's resources that are there that you can get. There's uh, Bibles. There are study Bibles. There are books that help you read the Bible. Now, I understand some of you are going like, I'm not a big reader, so you're telling me there's books and the Bible. Which one do you want me to read? The Bible, right? Um, within doubt, read the Bible. But for those of you who want a little bit more help and resources to help you understand or dig deeper into the scripture, that's there. But the most important thing that we want you to have in your hands is this thing called the Squid Journal. The Squid Journal. We're going to talk about the squid here in a second. Jim talked about it last week. We want everyone to get this. It's $3. You can pay with cash or you can play with Square. If you don't have $3, just take one, all right? And uh, we'll charge this to Jim Mullins. And so if you, if you don't have it, just go ahead and take one. We want, we, we want everyone to have one of these in their hands. And if you can't get one this week, this table will be available for us next week as well. But if you have anything, a Bible and a squid journal, that's exactly what we'll need to engage as a whole church and reading the scriptures throughout the whole year. And so we're looking forward uh, to that. Lastly. There was a lot of things I just shot out you guys. Some of you guys are still thinking about this whole get-together that's happened at Spokes on Southern. But, but, but if you forgot any of that, just go to redemptionaz.com here, and then all of the things that I just talked about will be online for you. The, um, the reading plan will be online, and you'll be able to follow through with that. So here's what we have for today that's a little different, which is normally me preaching to you guys. Today we're going to have a little bit of interaction. I'm going to ask you to actually turn to your neighbor and talk to your neighbor. Uh, different than the church that I grew up in. It was like, turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, God is good. And you say, God is good. Now I'm going to say, turn to your neighbor and like literally just start talking to your neighbor. Um, we have a whiteboard here, as you can see. And so here's the thing I'm going to give you a heads up on. One, I can't draw, but I've been asked to draw. Um, I can't spell, so that's another problem. And so you guys are going to just follow along with me. When I draw something, I'm going to tell you what it is. 
um, to not leave you up to your own imaginations. I don't trust some of you guys, all right? All right, so we're going to walk through that. Now, the point of today was to be able to say, um, over the last five years, I've asked a question periodically. How many of you guys know how to read the Bible? And then some people raise their hand. How do you guys know how to teach others how to read the Bible? Then maybe some people raise their hand. This is an effort for us to say, here's a method or approach to reading Scripture, one of many approaches that we are going to use, ultimately as a whole church, we'll use the squid approach to be able to understand uh, the Bible together. And so we'll read Scripture together. Uh, we'll read the text today, which is going to be Matthew chapter 5, 1 through 12 together. And we'll walk through this squid method in a way that you'll be able to understand it yourself and be able to walk others through it too. So that's the goal for this morning. And so if you would, would you guys bow your heads and let's pray and ask God to bless our time. Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for the excitement of your word. Lord, we pray throughout this whole year that you would give us the longevity, that you would give us the endurance, you would give us the guidance and the wisdom to see your son Jesus through the scripture and allow the life of Christ, Christ to shape us, to fashion us, to form us in a way that we would be on mission, your mission, Lord, as your people in this place. God, I pray that you would give callings through this series, that, Lord, that you would bring conviction through uh, this time together, Lord, that you would lead us and that you would guide us. Father, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you guys have your Bibles, why don't you guys turn to Matthew chapter 5. And if you don't have a Bible, raise your hand really high, and then one of the ushers will give you a copy of God's Word as we go through this. Now, here's one thing I wanted to add. Everything that we do um, during this season is going to be synced up to the reading plan. That means everything outside of Sunday services, so classes, they will be synced to this. There are reading plans that go along with families, so you can read along with your children with the Jesus Storybook Bible. The one thing that's not going to be synced to this is going to be the sermons and the teaching. So next week we'll start a series on the Sermon on the Mount. Um, once that's done, we'll lead into Advent, the four weeks leading up to Christmas, and we'll have an Advent series, which we normally do here. And then in January, we'll start teaching through the book of Acts, which will take us all the way to the end of our time reading this. So outside of Sunday services, there will be some sort of syncing of classes and Bible studies that will um, go along with the reading plan in which we have for you guys. So here, Matthew chapter 5. We will actually, I will come back next week and preach this, but today we're going to be able to learn together, and it's helpful for me because I get to get all you guys' input, and you guys get to help me do some sermon prep today, which normally I don't have 400 people helping me do sermon prep, so I appreciate you guys participating in this. So let's put the scripture on the screen. I'll read it out loud, and I'm going to have you guys read it together. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted. For righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now here's what I want you to do. I want you to take the Bible now, and I want you to go back and read 1 through 12 on your own silently. Don't bother your neighbor. When you're done, raise your hand so I can. No, I'm just joking. Go, go ahead and read this, and if you don't have a Bible in your hand, go ahead and read along the screen, starting in verse 1 all the way to verse 12. Go.
Hopefully you read that if you didn't read fast enough. I'm sorry. Okay, so we have this squid, squid method. And here's how we're going to do this, okay? We believe, and here's, here's where it gets really good because I'm going to draw a squid. And so here's, here's what we have. We have the True Story Project. Now, you got to think of it this way. This is not me and 400 people. This is me and you. You're saying, hey, Ricardo, I want you to help me how to read the Bible. Can you help me? And I said, listen, you got like about 25 minutes. I'm going to help you. And so here we are, just me and you. Not you, me and everybody else. Just me and you. You just walked in. I'm like, hey, did you get your coffee? I got mine too. Just have a seat. All right, let's do this. All right, so here's what we have. We want to be able to first understand that as a church, we believe that our vision, these are eyes, um, as a church, as a church, we believe our vision is to make disciples in response to the truth of who Jesus is. And we know about Jesus through his scripture. And we want to be able to not only just do this as pastors, but God has called all of us in Christ to make disciples. And so part of making disciples is knowing what God said. Jesus says, make disciples and baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, teaching them all that I have commanded and observed to do what he's commanded. Well, the only way we're going to know that is by knowing the word of God. So we want to have this vision that we have, and we want to take God's word, and we want to have God's word in our heart. That's a heart. All right. And so we have God's word in our heart. And not in a way that, like, Jesus is in my heart and that's the only place he is. Sometimes that sounds awkward and it's hard to teach kids that. I remember the first time I told my youngest son, Jesus is in your heart. And he goes, get him out of there. Right? (laughs) And so here's what we want to say. When we say Jesus is in our heart, or excuse me, the word of God is in our heart, it means we want to embody it. Like the word of God is something that should be lived. It's something that breathes. It does not return void. So how do we live out God's word collectively? So in order for that to happen, we have to embody God's word. And so here's the squid. It's a skinnier squid because this squid's been doing CrossFit. And, and, and after, also, this squid only has five uh, squid legs. You know what they're called. All right. And so with that, with that, here's what the five squid legs are. First, we have S, right? Then we have Q, all right? And then we have U, I, D, squid. <laughs> First, summarize. S is summarize. And when summarize is, we just read that. We read it out loud, and then you read it together. And now in a second, you're going to get a chance to summarize it. This is summarize this part of God's story. And when you summarize it, you want to be able to use whatever side of the brain you use. If you're more like me, you might draw a picture, you might write a poem, you might write a song, um, and so forth, that you're trying to summarize what you just read. Or maybe there's bullet points. Maybe you want to write, okay, here's meek, um, here's gentle, here's all the things that I have, and here's what God says, and here's what he said in this, and it's bullet points. And some of you are bullet point people. So you're going to take your squid journal, and you're going to get to that part of the S, and you're going to start writing all this down. All right? Those of you guys who are more bullet point people, you might actually write more than what the Bible said, meaning like more words than what actually what you read, but that's okay, right? So you have that. Um, that's summarized. Next one is Q. This is questions. We got to ask the Bible questions. We have questions. And so the questions that you have, and not only questions you have, you want to bring questions that maybe your friends would have. Your friends that love Jesus, your friends that maybe don't love Jesus, the questions that maybe people at your vocation or your, your place you live, what questions are people asking on college campuses? What are people asking in Tempe about this particular thing? What questions are those? Those are the questions you want to ask. And then you get to you. 
And you is understood. This is where we may need a little bit of help, and I'm going to explain this later. You is going, okay, what did it ultimately mean for the original audience? Like, we struggle with the word using understood or understand. Understand makes um, it's easier to say, but when we had understand, what we realized is most people were saying, what does this mean for me today? And here's what good biblical interpretation is. We can never understand what it means for us today until we first can know what it meant for them originally. Meaning there was an original audience that the author was writing to, and there was a purpose that he was trying to get across. And so we imagine, uh, um, go back to that one real quick, please. Yeah, we imagine how the original audience would have understood what God was revealing to them. So what was that? And so you might need a little bit of tools for that, maybe a study Bible um, or maybe a commentary and so forth to understand what was happening in the original audience before we can apply it to our context today. Okay, then you get to I. Implications. This is the, the, this is the difficult part, and we're going to do this together. And these are implications not just for my life. This is not individual. This is impl- implications unto all of life. So we say all of life is all for Jesus. Well, how does the word apply to all of life? What, how does it apply in banking? How does it apply in education? How does it apply to marriage, to family? How does it apply to my neighborhood? How does it apply to the church? Like, what does this look like? Because this is true about God or true about man, whatever we just read, then what implications does it have unto all of life? And the reason why we do this is we believe God's word is, is true and good whether you believe in Jesus or not. So how do we apply this? And how, excuse me, what are the implications of this unto life? And then lastly, the most practical is, okay, what is God calling me to do? Like, as I read this, what is the spirit of God calling me to do? And so that's, that's squid. S is summarized, Q is questions, U is understood, I is implications, and then D is what is God calling me to do. So we're going to jump into Matthew chapter 5, and now what I want you to be able to do is take some time um, and even um, to, in your own head right now, summarize what you just read. And so we're going to give you guys about a minute and a half to go ahead and just do the work of summarize. Remember, it's just me and you at coffee. Hey, I'm going to get up real quick. I'm going to get some more. I'm going to get a refill. Go ahead and take some time to summarize what we just read. I'll be back, boss. All right? All right. Get my coffee. Normally, if we were sitting down getting coffee, I would say take as much time as you need, but I got a meeting after this, so we got to uh, speed it up a little bit. Uh, so you would, have, you would summarize it, um, and you would summarize it in some way that would be helpful for you. And so an example could be uh, maybe you would put, you put down Jesus, and then you put everything that Jesus said, right, from starting to the beginning. All right, Jesus sat down, and he began to talk. And Jesus talked about what the kingdom of God would look like if we lived this way, if we were meek, if we were this, and you would explain it. Or it may be a little bit more simple. Jesus gives us how to live the truly blessed life. Like in these, this, these verses, Jesus gives us how to live the truly blessed life, and he gives us the consequences of the good consequences of happens, what happens when we live this way. However way you would summarize it. If we had more time, we'd have you guys talk about it. But we are going to have you talk, which leads us to the next one. That's questions. Second part is what questions would come up? As you read this, what sort of questions come to your mind, meaning of the text? 
what questions would come to friends of yours' mind. If you can think about people you know, if they were sitting reading the scriptures with you, right, because we do believe reading the Bible in context of community, what sort of those questions are. Now, here's what I want you to do with the questions. If you look to the screen here, there's going to be um, some text in numbers here. Text in your questions. This would be very helpful. We could put some of the questions on the screen that you have. So we're going to take your phone out and do that. Um, I know none, none of you guys text normally during the sermons, but today you get an opportunity to, to go ahead and text in your, your questions. Um, and some of you guys can feel free to go ahead and throw out your answers. So go ahead and think about the questions you have, but not just yourself. Talk to your neighbor now. What are the questions that you have or questions of people you know that you have? So literally, turn around and start talking. Go. Let's go ahead and kick some of those uh, questions on the screen. All right, what does it mean if you don't embody these, those things or don't currently embody those things? Those are two really good questions that we're not going to answer right now. All right, next. next. <laughs> hey, the point of asking the questions, we're just asking the questions. All right, what does Jesus mean by blessed or blessed, depending on how you want to say it? Um, what are the meek? Whose phone is that? Let's answer that and say, why aren't you in church? <laughs> what, does it, what does it mean to be poor in spirit? This one came up a lot last, last hour as well. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? Someone had their hand raised that wanted to throw something out, question out, out loud? Who, who, who would dare to speak in front? Right. Yes, right here in front. How does being meek coincide with? Inheriting the earth. Like when it says, like there's these, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Like what does that, what does that mean? Good. Uh, any more questions on, on the screen? All right. So, yeah, go ahead. If people are being negative to you, how to be positive? Kind of looking at verses 11 and 12 when people persecute you for your faith. Yeah, that's really good. This is the best part about this. I don't have to answer any of these questions, so. <laughs> Oh, man, great question right there. That's good. That's good. Man, let's pray. 
So, 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 so you have the questions, and here's why we have it. Part of it, asking the question, is being able to just be able to ask God. You could turn these into prayers or just questions that are there. And then we can go back to the text and be able to see if we can find answers. Um, all of our answers aren't answered, right? Oh, excuse me. A lot of our, all of our questions aren't answered, ultimately. Um, and that's, that's okay. There's a low-level tension of going, God, would you reveal this? And sometimes they're answered in ways or in different times of our life where we go, oh, now I, I fully understand that or I understand it better. But the questions need to be asked well, no matter what the questions are. For me, the questions that I ask is like from the very beginning is like, what does Beatitudes mean? Like so often you hear people say, these are the Beatitudes. And if you've been in church sometimes, you've heard of the Beatitudes. And it's like, what does Beatitudes mean, right? Why do they name it that? Like is this Jesus speaking Ebonics? Like, hey, they be having attitudes or like what's... <laughs> Like, what's, what's, what's happening here? So just understanding that. But how do we begin to understand these, these things? So that leads us to the next one, and understood, right? Like, okay, how do, I, how do I begin to understand this? So here's what I do personally. So I have on my phone a study Bible app that you can download and you can buy, or you can buy a study Bible book. And the particular one that I have is the ESV study Bible app. And so what I will do is I go to Matthew 5. And it has just the normal reading of it, like out of my Bible and so forth. And then I press study here. And when I press study, it gives me the background. It's going to tell me what the mountain was that Jesus was on, what's happening in this mountain now. Apparently somebody's built a church on this mountain. Um, it talks about why most teachers at that time would sit down when they taught. And just, just a bunch of just context stuff to help you understand that most of the audience were Jewish people who would have been familiar with the Old Testament and been familiar with the laws of God and so forth, and there were many people. Well, then you begin to look at, throw some of those questions up there again. Um, like, what happens when we don't embody this, right? That was the first, oh, no. What does Jesus mean by bless? So you look at bless, and what we have here at bless. You said I just changed it up on you guys real quick? All right, so bless, it says, more than temporary or circumstantial feeling of happiness. This is a state of well-being and relationship with God that belongs to those who respond to Jesus' ministry. So what he's saying is, this word actually means happy, but it's not the way that we think of happy, like happy, clappy, like circumstances is great, right? I started from the bottom, now I'm here, right? Like, not that. Like, this is, this is ultimately saying, no matter what your circumstances is, whether it's in plenty or in need, that Jesus is all that you have and all that you need. That you're satisfied in the work of who God is. That he says that like, this is ultimately the kingdom life of what it means to be blessed. It redefines it. So it's countercultural to the way that we would naturally think. Um, what other questions are up there? Yeah, we had. Okay, why does it, what does it mean if you don't embody these things or don't currently embody those things? Well, ultimately, if you don't, it means that the scriptures is something that we live out. And so not just this particular text, um, but if you stayed in this text, what it means is you're not living a kingdom life. That's what it means. Essentially, you're not living the life in which God, through Christ, has made possible for you by believing in him and responding in action. So if it says, if you don't currently do it, it's trust in Christ, ask him to give you the power to be able to do exactly what God's called you to do. And when we don't, we confess our sins, receive the forgiveness that's in Christ and we go back to doing what God has called us to do. And a simple answer from there. Um, that's not from the study Bible. That's, that's, that was from my interpretation right there. Trademark. So you have one other question we could do for, maybe there's another one there. Oh, what does it mean to be poor in spirit? So this one would say poor in spirit. The poor in spirit are those who recognize they are in need of God's help. And theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It belongs to those who confess their spiritual bankruptcy. 
On a contrast with the first seven Beatitudes, ultimately you see that this is one that receives. And so when it says poor in spirit, it's not talking physical, material being poor. It's saying acknowledging your need of God. Um, And we'll come back and we'll flesh this out next week when we preach through this. But um, some of us grew up paycheck to paycheck. Like we grew up in a family where legitimately it was paycheck to paycheck. Like you couldn't have something until something else came in. You know, most of us this morning, um, we probably woke up and we probably had food that we can eat or we could probably have the means to go get coffee or wait till we got to church and drink the church's coffee or something like that, right? And at some level, um, you grow up and maybe you start to have a little bit more. And so you don't know what it's like to depend on someone to provide something for you to eat, drink, or somewhere to sleep every single day. And I think that happens to us, not just physically, but spiritually, what Jesus is talking about is how do you grow in your maturity in the Lord and yet still live daily depending upon your daily bread who is the Lord? That you're not finding your identity, your worth, your value, your significance upon anything else other than I am spiritually bankrupt, meaning I cannot make God do anything for me. I can only receive the grace in which he dispenses to know him, to follow him, to trust him. And that's a perpetual being spiritually poor that we don't add to any of things that we've done spiritually. We only can receive and live in it through what God has given us. And that's, that's something we'll talk a little bit more about um, next week. What does it mean to constantly be spiritually bankrupt, bankrupt and to rely upon the Lord? Um, and then there's meek that came up there. And meek is usually translated gentle, but there's more to meek that means um, to have the ability to do something. Like the way, like, if I was just writing it down, I probably wouldn't preach it to you guys this way, but I was writing down my own squid journal, it would be like, I can kick your butt, but I'm choosing not to, right? I have the power in me. So I just see, see you guys are like, wait a minute, now the pastor's tripping, he's trying to beat somebody up. Um, it's the picture is having the physical ability to do something, but the restraint not to. So it's Jesus on the cross of allowing people to kill him. Because he has a greater purpose, ultimately, to bring in about peace and justice and wholeness of the world. Jesus easily could have got off the cross and been like, now what? Right? But he, but he didn't. And so he exercises what it means to be weak, meek, which is not the same as weak, um, which we'll, we'll talk through next week. So that's a little way of going, okay, now we can write all these notes. So if you're tracking with this and you're reading and you're re- you at your squid book, now you would write that, all those notes down that you had for understood. What did it mean? And then we get to the part that's probably the most difficult, and that's the implications. Like, what are the implications here? Um, What are the implications unto all of life? Meaning, if this is true, that this is the way we are to live in God's kingdom, that we are to be poor in spirit, that we are to be meek, that we are blessed or happy are those when people persecute us. Okay, then what does that look like? What implications do we have? So here's what I want you guys to do. Um, I want you to talk about what are the implications unto life. So not just in your life, maybe your family. Um, your, your, your workplace or college or politics or sports, like what are the implications of these truths? Again, this is the most difficult part, but go ahead now, turn around to your neighbors and say, what implications do you have for this?
Do we have any of the implications that we can put on the screen? Real treasure in my life looks different than just money or material things. Who wrote that? Next week, you're on. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Praise him. Next one. Compassion for others who are struggling or suffering is a direct way to be blessed by God. How about that? Instead of just trying to get mine before I can get you yours, right? The whole, like, we talk about that, the airplane theology, which is like, if the plane's going down, make sure you take care of yourself first and then your kids. Which, by the way, is which what you should do in the airplane. But that doesn't work in our life. Ultimately, we should be thinking about others, and that's actually how we're going to be blessed. Unless you're on an airplane, you have small children. <laughs> when conflicts happen in my family, I easily get angry. But Jesus is calling me to be humble and work for peace, even in tough situations. I'm starting to think some of the pastors texted this in. Um, all right. Is that, is that as other ones we have? Okay, so that, that's, all of those are really good. Um, and you think about implications and you go, okay, what are the things here? And again, we said this earlier, we believe God's word is true. And so it's true for all peoples and all times and all places, whether they trust in Jesus or not. And so when you apply these things holistically, um, it, it begins to change. So you may, if you're in education, you may be a teacher, you may be a principal, you may not be, you may not be um, the superintendent or you may not be on the school board. But ultimately, what sort of change could you see happen? Um, what sort of things could you embody? Like what does it look like for you to be a true peacemaker? Um, seeking God's shalom in the place that God has you. Um, or you think about as collectively as a church, you think about being um, poor in spirit. Being poor in spirit means that everything that we have, God has given us, Right? That ultimately that we are beggars and saying, God, can you help us, right? And God meets that need for us daily. That means he meets the need for us in salvation ways that we become Christians because of what God has done. And then ultimately he meets our needs even materially that God blesses us with the things. And we can say we work hard. Absolutely, you work hard with what God has given you. What the totality of scriptures lets us know is as followers of Christ, we should be the most meek or humble people in the world. We should never look down our nose towards anybody who votes differently, who thinks differently, who believes differently, who has different sexual orientation or practices differently than us because we are who we are by grace. We didn't do anything for it. So that means we can't act in a way of if we did. And so that, what does that look like, ultimately be poor in spirit and to be aware of our need of God and to be thankful for his... Um, him giving himself to us, and then you take that into being a peacemaker. In a world like ours where everybody's polarized. I mean, I know you guys get this. It's like either you're for somebody and you hate somebody else. You're for this particular party and you hate this party. You're for this particular side of, a, of an issue, so you hate this side of an issue. And yet God calls us to be peacemakers, to be able to understand and listen to both sides and find ultimately it's amen in Christ Jesus. And what's unique about all of these attributes that, that we see and all of these um, um, commands that God called us to do, Jesus embodies all of them. And the way that we're going to be able to find them is finding ourselves so hidden in faith and believing in Jesus. He's the ultimate peacemaker. He's the one who's truly meek. He's the one who was poor in spirit and says, all I can do is what my father tells me to do. And he finds himself actually physically poor, and he pours out his life for all of us. And so when we begin to look at the implications, ultimately it's saying, how do we find ourselves in Christ Jesus and being imitators of Christ in every area of life? So we go, summarize. Um, class, repeat after me. Summarize. Question. Understood. Implication. Last one. You guys are good.
You guys are good. This is the most practical, the one that we're used to doing. And now it's saying, okay, do, how is God inviting us to respond? So what is God now even more personally calling you to do? Now, this is where you don't need me because God has given us the Holy Spirit. So we're going to pray, and you're going to pray and say, Lord, with all of this, what is true about you, what are you calling me to do today? What are you calling me to do now, and what are you calling me to do this week? and light and a response of who you are and your words. So I want you guys, um, again, uh, just be, before we close, make sure you guys grab these and journal these things. And as you read through all of God's word throughout the whole year, we have this method to be able to summarize and ask the questions, make sure things are understood, have implications, and write down what God's calling us to do. And the vision is that all of us will be able to read this together. And some of you say, what if I, what if, what if I forget a day? What if I forget a week? What if I forget a month? What if my friend joins the church three months from now? Start today is our phrase. Wherever we are, just start today. Don't even worry about going back. Start today so that we can, in community, begin to read and understand God's word together. Amen? So why don't you guys pray. Let's pray together and ask God. Um, right now, I'm going to give you some time by yourselves to ask God by the Holy Spirit to, to um, tell you what he's calling you to do. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word in our lives. We know that it is living and that it is active. It exposes who we are before you. God is a good God that we can lay our sins before you and we can receive mercy. We can receive forgiveness, that we are given life, that your word promises, Lord, as the rain comes down and does not return void, that your word, as it waters our lives, Father, that it will begin to bring about fruitfulness not just individually, but collectively. So God, we ask you for the longevity, for the endurance, for the strength throughout this whole year, Lord, to, to know, to engage, and to understand your word fully, that we would be able to know you and also to teach others of your ways. God, we ask that your spirit would call us to respond to your word, to do exactly what you've called us to do, and that you would give us the strength. We thank you that in Christ Jesus, he has embodied all of these things on our behalf. And Lord, our way of ultimately following you is through Jesus. We thank you, we praise you in Christ's name. Amen.